1: Are you ready? I'm ready. You're good to go? Yes, I am. On my end, everything
2: is good to go. Okay, let me introduce you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another session of The Playhouse. And as you can see, we've got a lady. <sighs> <laughs> Guys, have been blasting me that this has been a male-dominated show and I'm not gender sensitive. But um, the Kenyan music industry combines both men and women. And with us, we've got our first member first lady to be on the playhouse super excited about this interview because yanni She's an OG in the game and still in the game Just so that so that so that that guys may know (laughs) ladies and gentlemen boys and girls none other than Angie from tattoo and we're going to get there but let's take this from the beginning welcome welcome Anji the Playhouse thank
1: you for having me
2: okay I always like to ask people to Yanni we throw this thing way back from the beginning okay so and for me the beginning is when did the love and the passion for music start
1: Um, I think I, I've always had a passion for music but the one that really comes clear to my mind has always been clear in my mind is when I was around 12. Mm-hmm. So back then, um, I was listening to SWV, TLC, Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, Tevin, Camp- Tevin Campbell, Jesus, Tevin Campbell was everything for me at that time. Uh, but distinctly, uh, Whitney Houston, because around that time is when uh, the movie Bodyguard came out. Mm-hmm and hey, this chick was just like the muse. Like if you even ever wanted to be a musician, she's the one who you look at, like how her demeanor, her voice, what she was able to do with her range. So the passion to aspire to be a musician was definitely Whitney Houston. And I remember when I was a kid, I would go to, like, you know, after you come from school and you're forced to go and shower and the kids say to go and shower. Mm -hmm. Me used to run and shower because the acoustics of the bathroom what? is the place where you now start rehearsing. You know, you stay, you're not even showering. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I was just there like for one one hour until like my folks are knocking like, hello, madame, and I would like rehearse her songs over and over again. I had a, a notebook where you on the ca- ca- cassette, you rewind it and then you try and cram the words and then you try and, you know, learn her, like all her tricks about how she used to carry the high notes and the low notes. So around that time is when everything just began for me. I knew I loved music. I didn't think I wanted to be a musician. I just mm-hmm. knew it was a thing that you love, like the way you love swimming or, you know, you love watching movies. So now that I had rehearsed, uh, I will always love you like a gazillion <laughs> times. Eh, I decided it would let me floss for a friend of mine in school. So I started. it school, for her. What school are you at this time? I was in Lovington Primary. Mm-hmm um so I sang it for one of my really close friends and she was like hey you know you can you know you can sing I'm like yeah but it never registered to me that no one else can sing I just thought singing is a thing that all of us can do it's only that me now I rehearsed mine so now she can hear it mm-hmm. you know I just thought it was like everybody is born with this gift so now how she started to tell other people that hey this chick can really sing like well, oh, definitely not like, but she certainly... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go and start her tipandisee-ing myself. But I know I had rehearsed it and I really wanted to sound like her. The problem was with me is that I was very, like, anxiety shy. Mm-hmm. Like I could not sing in front of people. So when people tell me to go and sing for them, or when they come to my desk to sing, I had to, like, literally cover my face with a sweater, Or my friends would give me their sweater... cover my face and then i sing what i could not sing in front of people i used to literally feel like my heart is going to pop out of my chest i was shaking but the desire to sing was it was almost like an internal battle like this chick wants to sing but there was something inside me that was i don't know if it's fear i don't know i'm not a psychologist Mm. but there was something that really hindered me but then now people started to come to me to like sing jams or sing whatever kind of song um Prize giving day i would sing with um, the rest of um, the people in school whether it was uh, the choir so that's how it began for me all the way up to standard eight and then i went to high school mm-hmm. State, and where, where did you go statehouse girls mm-hmm. and More or less the same story. Somehow, I think when you start making friends, you start like flossing on like the kind of gifts and talents you might have. So I sang for my desk mate, she sang for me, and we found out that the two of us are actually, you know, we could be musicians. I don't know how the word spread, but then it almost went exactly how it did in primary school. So of course when you're a mono, you're called by a fourth former. (laughs) You're thinking, okay, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't done anything wrong, but I already knew there's that the Kahezing Cafes where you are mono and they are mm-hmm. performers. So I used to get called to cops' rooms and they would tell me, uh, you're Angela Mondanda, uh, I hear you can sing, please sing for us. <laughs> and you're in a room full of like, there were how many? There were eight cops and you sing for them. You're like, I was like the jukebox mm-hmm. for uh, cops in that era. You go to your to room after perhaps you sing for them whatever songs you want to sing. But
2: that's cool, didn't that make them your friends
1: in a sense? Did that not disappoint you? That was their way of monolizing. You see for me I was still very 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 shy. Mm-hmm. So for me it was it was monolizing as far as I was concerned because if you want me to sing for you so you just be my friend. Don't call me in the <laughs> middle of the night when I should be swatching and to come and sing for you. Now the problem is in, well it wasn't really a problem, but in Form 1 I got saved. Mm-hmm. And you know how religion is eh? So now you're saved, I was feeling like I can't be singing my to me. I will always, always love you. I will always love you so I have nothing. And I have nothing. <laughs> but the only two Christian jams I knew was, um, Yes, Jesus loves me. But the Whitney Houston version. Mm-hmm. That was the only one I knew. I didn't know any other christian song
2: she hadn't released the preachers remember that song she, that, that yes i remember she did with, with, denzel. with denzel washington
1: yeah. yes but by then me i was just like okay now i have to like undo all the secular music i have in my heart <laughs> and only sing for people jesus songs so i remember there was one third for my who would like try and teach me um, like nice gospel jams that I could sing, cause now I'm being called to sing in different things, but now I can't be singing, I'll always love you. Mm. Um, like where
2: were you being be called to sing? Why? Where? Where? Where?
1: Well, apart from cops rooms, I joined, uh, the music choir. So, apart from being in the choir, there was an opportunity to do a trio, and it was me and this third former, Hanimo Shiro, she, she and I, and, um, Fenagito's elder sister, Magigito. Gito. <laughs> Let me tell you. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal <laughs> sister, Magigito, had the voice of an opera. Even today, I don't know if wherever you find her, but her voice was, I've never heard anything like it in my life. So for music festivals, the three of us did a trio, and I think we came into third or, or second place. So, I mean, very gradually mm-hmm. I was known as Angie That Chiku Who Sings because I guess there were other Angies and people needed to be defined <laughs> by either you play sports or, you know so I became That Chiku Who Sings, but the problem was still for me is that I was very shy. If I was not singing with people, then I was very paralyzed, like crippled. Or if I was not singing in the shower, like I would sing in the shower in, in, in high school and then you find people coming out of the shower like, wow, you chick, you can really sing. And I'm just like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for appreciating me. <laughs> but now when you put me in front of people, I, it, was, it was really, it was such a battle that I had to fight throughout, like all the way from primary, all the way from high school. Um, but I knew I loved to sing mm-hmm. completely. Um, but still, it wasn't a career move for me. It was just a thing that I loved to do. And more so because of the fear I had, I never really thought of it as something that I could take seriously. So in fourth form, um, we joined well, what was then the Interact Club. And our brother's school was Upper Hill. And so for the final year, towards our final year, we had to do a collaborative um, something it was something that we had to come together to do to raise money for i think a charity home or was it Spino? i can't remember and what we had decided to do was that we're going to do a christmas play Mm -hmm. so the lady my friend now one of my closest friends nyambura she she was writing the play it was a christmas musical you know the noble mary and joseph and blah 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 so she decided i think she had narrowed down who was going to be married between me and another girl But that other girl wasn't available, so she said, you're going to play Mary. Because anyway, it's for charity, you know, it's not a big deal, it's your final year. And I'm like, I have never acted in my life. You give me a song to sing with people, don't make me act as Mary. But she had confidence in me to be able to pull this off. So with a lot, and when I say a lot of hesitation, I mean all the hesitation, all with that same fear that I've always carried within me, we did, that. we did that play. We didn't get that much of a turnout, which I think was comforting for me because it meant a smaller audience. But then that's, that was like the beginning of trying to see how I could actually be not only a singer, but also mm. a performing artist. I think maybe I should even go back to the time when I thought I could be a performing artist and this was still at the right around Performing actors we're talking about acting for acting p- plays. acting yeah. and plays i say performing because the love for okay of course when i was much older the love for both music and acting they married mm-hmm. for me but the love for acting like when i'm seeing people acting watch i even bodyguard phoenix players phoenix players the only repertoire theater in east africa mm-hmm was the broad way of i i don't think anyone would ever understand what that little theater did
0: this podcast is part of the edify podcast network edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top christian podcasts today Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I app.
1: The love for, okay, of course, when I was much older, the love for both music and acting, they married mm-hmm. for me. But the love for acting, like when I'm seeing people acting, watch I even bodyguard. Phoenix Players. Phoenix Players, the only repertoire... Theater in East Africa mm-hmm. was the Broadway of. I, I don't think anyone would ever understand what that little theater did. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the first time I watched my play was around that time, around the age of 12. And there was this Kenyan composition, I believe it was called Changing Generations or Kenyan, Kenyan Gondoliers. Um, and it was then run by James Falkland. George Mungai was also one of the musical directors and I think, if I'm not mistaken, as well as Suzanne Kibukosia. Now, I've gone for this musical and I'm seeing the likes of Eric Wainaina. I'm seeing, I don't know which Ndavis, I don't know if it's Eric or, or Dennis or both of them, but you're seeing these people on stage singing and acting at the same time and they're beautiful people and the music is like i don't even know how to explain it when i say it was like the broadway of kenya it Mm -hmm. really was it wasn't i don't want to downplay what theater is now but back then it was very prestigious It was very elite, like, expats would come. It's the kind of thing you do, like, after... Instead of going to the movies with a kachik, you're saying, I'm taking her to Phoenix Players. And you had game, by the way. If you're taking a chick to Phoenix Players, man, you really had game. So, back then, at that time, I started to really think about, hey, Phoenix Players is some magical place where talent is just nurtured. I also had an uncle who was acting um, at Phoenix at the time. So, Throughout my my teens, my uncle and my aunt would take us to Phoenix for a couple of plays. And in the back of my mind, I sort of knew that maybe one day, like when I'm old enough, Mm -hmm. I'll aspire to go into Phoenix and um, try my hand at acting. I mean, after all, you can be in the chorus with everyone else. You're not singing by yourself, which is what I was always afraid of. So I knew at some point in my life, I would go to Phoenix. I would try my hand at being in the chorus line with everyone else, and I can cancel that off my bucket list. So back to high school. I finished high school. I've done this uh, interact play with um, Upper Hill Boys. We didn't make much money, but it was okay. And so now that gap year after high school, when you're deciding what you want to do, Mm -hmm. every year Phoenix used to have um, an an advertisement.
2: Can I ask you about what time is this? I'm trying to... to ninety.
1: Uh, 90, 90, No, you want me to tell my age to no, this it's not your age, I want, I want to, I want to make guys understand the
2: landscape from a time basis.
1: Okay, um, mm. that was around 98. 98? 98. 98, finished okay. 98, so around 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. Gap year, you don't know what you're doing with life, you're waiting for results, or so if your results have come out, you still don't know where you're going. And every, every, is it every year, Phoenix used to have auditions. Now the thing with Phoenix, when I say it's the only repertory theatre that time in East Africa, it meant that they had a play running on that stage every two weeks mm. Four years, from nineteen from the nineteen eighties all the way up until the time that I think they handed over, or rather, James Falkland was no longer running the organization, which means that they always needed like a fresh set of actors all the time. Oh, nice. So when they put out the ad in the paper for the auditions for the musical, of course I was like, hey, see this opportunity has presented itself for me to be in the chorus, cause I love to sing, I have fear, but I can still be in the <laughs> chorus. I mean, I have a goal to accomplish. So my friends and I went for the auditions at Phoenix, and let me tell you, the line was, you don't make plans, any other plans that day. The line was like outside that catheter. You know where that catheter yeah, is. Near, yeah? near, near parliament. Exactly, near parliament. It's like a little place, but when mm. you see a lot of people there holding papers, they' mm. there practicing, guys who are, you know, feeling like drama festivals might have inspired something in them. Like it was a big, think Broadway. Think about like now you're being called for like the biggest musical of that year. And a lot of people are there. So eventually, um, I get my opportunity to enter the very intimidating auditorium, which I have, of course, I have been in as an audience when I was 12, 13, but now I am on stage auditioning for the James Falkland, the director Ooh. of all directors. And George Mungai is there as a musical director. Now there's no sweater to cover my face to sing. Yeah, Like, I, like I don't even think people can understand the fear of someone who really wants to do something but then you're literally, your hands and your feet are shaking but it's something that I needed to do for myself. So I stand there, I close my eyes like Mariah Carey and I sing, um, is it a song by Anointed or by this time I know a couple of gospel songs. Mm -hmm. So it was either a song by Anointed or C.C. Winans. It's in God's hands now, and I sang with my eyes closed. I opened my hands to be as dramatic as <laughs> the theater would have required, and then after I finished like a little snippet, there was silence. And then James says, "Darling," or was it puppet? He liked to call us. I don't puppet or darling have you ever done acting before I'm like acting Uh, no I have not I'd even forgotten that I just finished doing a a, a play for school I'm like no me I'm not an actor me I'm a singer in fact even if you want me to be a tree as in a singing tree I can do that that's what I've come to be a chorus girl I'm telling the director what I've come to do in the musical (laughs) and then you know he asked me about my background have you ever been to phoenix before i said yes i've watched you know kenya gondoliers i've watched changing generations i watched aladdin with Sheila Mwangiga so i have the history of all these plays that i've watched at phoenix so i'm telling him don't worry as in i'm trying to tell him i know about this (laughs) place me i know what i've come to do and he keeps asking me but have you ever acted before i'm saying no i haven't so he says okay we'll get back to you he has got english accent Like Okay, I might have blown it because now I've just told the director that me you want to just sing and be a chorus girl And then this time in this back in the day, there is no ati for getting a text or a WhatsApp message (laughs) For a call back You wait for the post office What? You wait for mail to say whether or not you get a second audition or whether you've been rejected So you wait This is a childhood dream Please note, I have watched all the people who I would consider legends, yeah? I've seen the Jimmy Gathers on that stage, I've seen the Sheila Mwaniga. I've seen Eric and Dennis Ndavi, I have seen Ian Bugwa on that stage, I have seen um, Mwenesi, right now he's in the High Court, he's one of the judges. Like anybody who is anybody in the media or entertainment industry, it was almost like a rite of passage to go through Phoenix. That's how important it was at that time. So while you're waiting for that meal, while I'm thinking about all the things I blabbered out to James Falkland, making a fool of myself, I'm waiting for this letter to come in the hope that at the very least, he will let me be in the chorus line of the musical and I'll call it a day. So I got my second audition, which now says you have to come back and I'll sing a song again. I'm like, okay, phew, I didn't mess it up. So you go through the same, more or less, the same process. They ask you about your availability, um, whether or not you'll be around for a musical, because the musical then would run from November until January, mm. and you start rehearsals in June. Like this was a proper Broadway-like discipline. Mm. It wasn't just acting of we're going to improv this thing all the way till the end. No. You needed to get your choreography right, you needed to get your costumes right, you needed to know who was going to be there, who your understudies were going to be. So it was important that you're also available time-wise. And of course, by that time, it was my gap year. I hadn't decided what I wanted to do. So I said, yeah, I'm available. Okay, we'll get back to you. See, then you wait for the post office letter to come that says that you have qualified or you have been rejected. Luckily, thank God, I got my letter of acceptance and I'm like, yes. Now I'm gonna be in the chorus of the legendary music, uh, musical of Phoenix Players. So I go down to um, the office and naturally I expect that I'll get a script telling me what it is I'm going to do. So James pulls me into the auditorium and he tells me, darling, Um, We're doing the musical Cinderella. You've heard of Cinderella, haven't you? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, of course I know Cinderella. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh (laughs) Chorus line, here I come. He's like, and he was always like, had a cigarette in his hand. He's like, so how do you feel about being Cinderella? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I probably didn't say, I'm sorry, what? But I'm pretty sure my heart was looking at him like, me he's like yeah and then he says don't worry you're, you're, you know he sort of comforts me through it and says you know before you get into the musical because it's really like time-wise you, you have to really get into it and I'll teach you all about the acting and the music stuff we're going to give you a first play that you're going to do prior to this Cinderella, so that you get uh, accustomed with the stage me I've just come to be a chorus girl please note that in my head I all through the age of 12, now I'm in my teens, 18, 19. This guy who I've seen train the legends of legends is now telling me I'm going to lead in a musical. I... it was too much. He gave me the script, then he gave me the other script for now the one I'm supposed to do to like accustom me into acting.
2: What is the other script?
1: It was called the Caucasian Chalk Circle. It's a German play by Bert, some, I can't remember. But Phoenix used to have that kind of thing where you have thrillers, you have plays from different European um, countries. So yeah, I was doing now this German play. I took both scripts, I went and looked for my uncle who had also happened to be an actor at Phoenix when he had the free time. I went to his office like it was an emergency and I told him, Uncle Sam, James just told me I'm going to be in the musical for this year. You know, I'm still waiting for somebody to say they've punked me or... (laughs) As in, I'm just waiting for someone to say, anyway, we're just testing to see if you know how to act. He was congratulating me. (laughs) I went home, I told my folks, I told my sis, guys, I'm leading in a musical. Then, you know, they've seen the musical side of me. I mean, at home, I'm free. I'm not anxious. Mm. They're not really as shocked as I am. But that was the literal turning point mm. for me where I thought acting and singing is something that I can do. After all, Jimmy Gazu has been here, Lona Irungu has been here, the are legends in advertising and all that stuff so
2: Eric Wainainer
1: Eric Wainainer like though I don't know if it's all of Five Alive but I, I a significant number of them went through there Ian Bogo I watched him in so many of those shows there so it really started that was at that moment when in my mind I thought okay okay I, I might actually fall in love with this and sure enough I did like completely I did that musical I did that first show, which was a, like a minor role. I think I played a prostitute or something. Like there was like little roles where you like either a waitress, you just <laughs> pass through. Yeah. But for him, for James Falkland, there was nothing like a little role. In fact, he said there's nothing like a little role. they are only little actors. Mm. And for him, that meant whatever role you are given on stage, even if you have no lines, you play it 100%. You go and you stand there like you're in the military and you deliver and so just being under his wing learning how to be a performer and an actor sometimes i would go home cry because that was our relationship like he would really grill you about how to stand how to enunciate words you know it was that kind of love-hate relationship but at the end of every performance you'd really look at him like man this guy is a genius Mm. because for someone who had anxiety in performing so much that I could never even look at people in the eye, I never in a million years would have thought that one, I could be an actor, and two, I would, able, I would be able to lead in a musical. Now, while I'm leading in this musical, so you know, of course, they do a musical every other year, mm. but in the previous year, um, uh, Angie Dambuki and Debbie Asila, were in the previous musical mm-hmm. and in fact Debbie was the lead chick in the previous musical which was <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk. So me and the Cafresha coming into the changing room eh, now getting ready for the musical we haven't really done it yet we're now rehearsing and this chick who is Debbie Asila who walks in and she's like who the hell is Angela Mwandanda? <laughs>